0: Hi, my name's Josh, and I'm so glad that you're joining us on our Grace Church podcast. At Grace Church, we are all about knowing God and reflecting His way. I hope this sermon will do just that, by feeding your mind with the knowledge of God and engaging your heart to live a life reflecting His grace and truth. Enjoy. reading is, that is the readings that we have every week, where it's taken us recently, particularly in the gospel. If you remember a couple weeks ago, we saw Jesus calming the storm as he was asleep and then woken up and he stills the storm. We were reminded, I was reminded, that we are not to forget in the dark what we heard in the light. And then last week, J.J. West was here and he preached about the woman with uh, issues of blood and Jairus and his sick daughter and J.J. reminded us to to remember that Jesus knows what's going on in us. He has not ever forgotten us. And today, here in Mark chapter 6, we see Jesus going to the synagogue. And what I love in all of these readings, and hopefully you are a Bible reader who loves this too, because this is what makes it so relevant to me, is that these are stories filled with little, tiny, intimate details. Basically, about how Jesus does life. And I need to know how to do life. So these texts are really helpful to me, and I hope they are to you because of all the details. So let's look at Mark 6 today. Now, as we turn to that, uh, what's happening here with Jesus in the synagogue, I want to begin by telling you a phrase, sometimes called a proverb, that you probably know. And it goes, familiarity breeds contempt. Familiarity breeds contempt. The idea being that the more you know somebody, the more that you are a part of their life, the more you see their shortcomings. More than just seeing their shortcomings, you begin to dislike their shortcomings. And then you begin to dislike them. Contempt is this really interesting, painful, strong emotion. This reaction to not feeling cared for, not feeling cared about. And so contempt is a very, very strong word that we use when we think someone deserves scorn, deserves our judgment, sometimes even deserves our hatred. That's when we have contempt from them. And we, so goes the Proverbs say, that familiarity breeds that. So let's look at Mark 6. Let's see if that's an example of that. It says that as he came to the synagogue, they knew him. This was his hometown, Nazareth. So they were, of course, familiar with him. And they experienced his greatness actually what the text says is they were astounded so they don't see his shortcomings they see how awesome he's become so this isn't a familiarity breeds contempt moment this is something much different much deeper much more personal for them and i think personal for us as well Now, there's a side problem here that we very often have with biblical texts that we read, and there are no side notes about tone, about intonation, about inflection. How did they say that? So what we can see in the text is they are amazed. So I don't know what that amazement sounded like or looked like. But the very next thing I see from these people is they go from amazement to offense. They go from awe to anger how does that happen? How do we go from awe to anger? Well, the easiest thing I could think about for myself was how does that happen for me? How does that happen for us? And it's pretty simple, actually, because it happens all the time. This little thing called sin, which is not so little. Sins like jealousy, envy, arrogance, pride, begin to actually, they have already worked their way, wormed their way into our heart. And so in these moments, when we see other people's success, when we see their achievements, we get angry. We want to find fault. We become dissatisfied so much with our own situation sometimes that it raises up frustrations inside of us that we might not even know that we had. That ever happened to you? In that moment when you are happy, perhaps content, doing life, And you see someone who's doing more, maybe has more, maybe appears to be doing life better than you, and then suddenly what might have been little frustrations in your life become big frustrations for you. You're dissatisfied. You're unhappy. Maybe you get grumpy. But we don't want to stay grumpy with ourselves. So what's the easiest thing to do? Blame them. And that's what we do. We get angry with other folks for having success. Now, in this season of my life, I've been to uh, quite a few graduations recently. And at my fourth graduation, (laughs) see me later. But uh, after my fourth graduation, listening to this commencement address, something came up by the uh, speaker that really kind of caught my attention. Because after a while, all the commencement address kind of blend together. As she was talking to the, uh, I think, roughly 800 graduates that were there, she had, uh, was giving them some tips for kind of what to do next in their life. And she very emphatically said, as her first point, y'all, social media is fake. Social media is fake. And what she was getting at is actually exactly what we see here in Mark 6. Our hearts are little Petri dishes, little breeding grounds for envy and jealousy. And places like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, they take those petri dishes, those intimate places of our hearts, that are already primed for offenses at each other, and social media puts it on steroids. (laughs) Really ramps up jealousy and envy. But then we're by ourselves and we really get mad. And the speaker's point was, everything that we see on social media that's making you jealous, that's causing you to be envious, it's fake, she was saying, so quit it. Don't let it ruin your day, your week, your life. None of it. Folks in Mark 6 didn't even have social media. They didn't need it. Those feelings have been around just uh, forever. And why are they around? Well... Lots of reasons, not just one, but just a couple very quickly are sometimes we're reacting. We're reacting to our own unhappiness, our own discontentment, our own unmet expectations by the mediocrity of life, because life is boring. And we just got to do it. And we thought it was going to be something more than that, and so we get frustrated. So sometimes that causes in us jealousy and envy when we see other people and we think well their life's not boring but why is mine other times our hearts are broken like this because we are broken on the inside maybe you were actually taught to be discontent maybe your parents were and they actually bred that in you maybe they didn't but you learned it on your own anyway no one corrected the discontentment in you and so you became someone who just struggled looking at everyone else around them. Maybe you don't know why. You don't know what has caused you to have anger and frustration and even to be rude to people about their successes, but it's just inside of you. Whatever it is, whatever the discontentment with your life is or whether it's just a brokenness that has gone unresolved for whatever reason, this is what I know. It's all sin it's all sin and it's never what God wanted for us and it's never what he wanted from you this was never the plan so if you can relate to this idea of envy and sin and social media kind of drawing it out of you what we see in Mark chapter 6 if you can relate even just a little bit let me remind you of something something that we see in our gospel today the kingdom of God is Is about wisdom, growth, health, deeds of power, blessing those you love and those you hate, helping folks to find healing and sometimes even being the conduit for that healing ourselves. And so if that is not your agenda, then you don't understand something about God. You don't understand that God's intent was to bless us to grow us, to heal us, to do all those good things all the time, every day. And so, if someone else's success is just too much for you, the sin is in you, not them. I'll go even a step further and say that when we tear someone down, when we speak poorly, when we wish poorly on someone else, particularly when they're doing well, when they're having successes, we are small. We are small. In fact, we're too small for God's kingdom, which may be some hard medicine to hear. But let me tell you, I get it. I get how difficult it is, how these relationships that we're in with each other cause us to want to retreat. It happened to me just this week. I was in a conversation with somebody, not from Grace, so don't look around the room, (laughs) uh, and he was talking about how awesome his vacation was, how much he enjoyed his time with his child, how awesome his, gate, his golf game was. All fine, pretty cool. He took sort of a pause in the conversation and I was, something he had said reminded me of a story that I wanted to share about Micah and his current experience. And so I began to start sharing my little story and he looked at me and said, well, gotta go, see ya. <laughs> just walked away, just tapped out. And it was painful, it was. Now, it wasn't like best friend rejection, okay? I felt a little silly for sharing my stuff. I thought that we were having a conversation. Instead, it turned out it was a monologue. I felt snubbed and a little bit diminished. But in fact, I wasn't diminished. I wasn't even snubbed. My smallness was rising up inside of me. And it wanted to justify my feelings of rejection that weren't really feelings of rejection. Who knows why he did that? Maybe it was a little rude, fine, whatever. But it's got nothing to do with me. I'm not less because of this. I felt less. I felt this perceived snub and it caused me to want to retreat from this relationship. But when I do that, when you do that, you are becoming the small person. You are accepting a small identity And I got to be honest with you here, I am tired of my small identity. I am tired of small ways of thinking for me. I'm tired of trying to protect myself from pain or disrespect or perceived slights that all really get born out of jealousy or envy. When I'm honest, smallness has gotten me nothing. just made me overly sensitive made lots of room for me to be jealous of other people, and I'm tired of it. I want the kingdom. I want the kingdom of God. God is doing a good, new, powerful, edifying work in me and in you. And once we can diminish the smallness inside of us, if we can quit being small, we become the people that God always imagined we would be. People who enter into the kingdom and bless folks. Grow ourselves and those around us. We prosper and they prosper. And I acknowledge right from the beginning that is not an easy journey. Because our world does not think this way. The world encourages small thinking. It encourages jealousy. It encourages easy anger. Easy offense. It's all around us. Uh, Recently, uh, maybe you noticed, maybe you've seen it on television, the World Cup is on. I love the World Cup, so I've been watching uh, a lot of the matches. And there has been a particular commercial on during World Cup. It's been repeated several times by a company called E-Trade. They do uh, online trading. And this commercial that I saw just uh, yesterday, actually, shows a beautiful couple at a poolside barbecue. And the voiceover says, these are your neighbors. They're nice, beautiful, generous, respected people. And you like them. But you'd like them better if your 401k was bigger than theirs. Don't get mad, get E-Trade. It's a genius commercial. It's a genius commercial, it really is. Because it taps into a very real part of us. Envy, jealousy, and our smallness. Just thinking about it makes me afraid that somehow i'm less than somebody else but when i do i don't see them as god sees them i don't see them in god's image people who don't know that people who don't understand that god has a better plan don't live like that they get stuck instead i want to be someone who's given up on that small way of life it's what happens in Mark chapter 6. Look at it. It says, Jesus, and this is my favorite part of the story because it really bothers me. Jesus took offense at them. He took offense at their anger. Why would he take offense? Why? Because he's hurt? Look, if God gets hurt, y'all, we're doing the wrong thing here. We all need to quit and leave. But it's not what happens. He takes offense at them because he knows it's not who they were created to be. They're better than this. He knew it and he knows it today about you. You and I were made to be better than this. And he's offended every time we choose to make ourselves small. He's offended every time we choose to be less. When we choose to foster the petri dish in our heart. Because he knows that we were made to be better than this. He created you to be someone who finds joy when someone else succeeds he made you to be a person who delights in good things happening to everyone around you and instead we just find ourselves jealous and so he took offense Jesus did at those people because they were missing the very point of who they were to be as humans and I love what it says in the text he could do no deeds of power but then he did some anyway he healed a few people, made the sick well. That's cool. I love what that shows, by the way. Small people do not stop the kingdom of God. Small thinkers do not stop God's radically beautiful vision for the world. It just means you're not a part of it. That's all it means. God will win and is winning. The question is, you want to be a part of it or not? Small thinkers can't. And then we see one of the greatest condemnations in all of scripture that I know. He, Jesus, was amazed at their unbelief. Think about that. The God of the universe, the God of the cosmos, the God who put planets in their orbit and set them spinning, the one who created light and life itself, found their unbelief amazing. Amazing oh how I never want that set of me so now very quickly let me just give you some quick antidotes to small thinking the first is forgiveness perhaps you need to ask God for forgiveness for the small thinking you had right on I, I totally love that and you should perhaps you have small thinkers in your life it wouldn't shock me because you're human so you must so forgive them even before they've asked for it, do the radical thing and forgive them for the ways in which they are thinking small about you or about the world. Forgiveness is the answer. Forgiveness is the way out. Mark 6 makes it clear. You don't need anything other than what God has already given you, what he's already provided you. Forgiveness for yourself, from God, and to other people enables you to get To receive what God has for you so that's the first one the second one is tough to hear but I'm going to tell you that I think some of us maybe all of us need to get some thicker skin you need to stop looking for and trying to get other people's approval for your life for your accomplishments for this thing or that thing or for whatever you need to stop being so upset at every slight or perceived injustice and get some thicker skin we're going to sin against each other We're going to mess this up. So you got to toughen up a little bit. The Bible's clear. Fear God. Fear him alone. He's the only one that can and, in fact, will make you whole. Not anybody else and not what they think about you. And not even what you think about yourself will make you whole. So forgiveness, getting some thicker skin, and finally, we need to grow some grace. We need to grow some grace. The reality of this world is this. Some people are never going to get this. Some people that you know are never going to stop being small. Small thinkers, small actors, they just get stuck. I don't know why. I don't know why some folks just don't grow, but they don't. They get stagnant. They just get stuck. Here's what you can do for them, grace the gift of god's love and mercy even though it's the last thing that you think they deserve and if you're somebody who feels stuck it's not over it's not over till you quit and there's grace for you right now and if you've got some of these stuck people in your life who are stuck in small thinking don't rough them up do not send them the podcast of this sermon <laughs>
1: They do not need it.
0: You need it. You are here. Save it for you. Do you know how bad that would make them feel? I mean, do you get that? People are always like, have a copy of your sermon. I want to send it to so-and-so. I'm like, why? They weren't here. Don't do it. You were here. Just live that out. So don't send this to anybody. Give them grace instead. Grow grace inside of you for them. Because isn't that exactly what God did for us First. We hated him and so we killed him. We put him on trial and we sent him to death because we thought that was the only way to make ourselves feel better. And he had enough grace for us to not let death be the end of the story. So he gave us grace first so you can give grace to others today. Those are the antidotes. Forgiveness, some thicker thicker skin, and growing some grace inside of you. If you're up for that challenge, and I pray that you are, you will see, in fact, the same miracles that Jesus saw, and the Bible tells us even more. Why? Because you're a part of the kingdom of God and not your kingdom anymore. So let me pray for us. Father, we first just begin with confession that we are small people who take petty slights, places that we have felt offended, and we make them a core of our being, and they are not. And I pray right now, God, that you would use your Holy Spirit's scalpel to cut them out of us. As painful as that may be, that we would repent. And we would uh, confess to you that that is not who we were created to be. And we don't want to be that person anymore. We want you to be amazed at us, God, because of the grace we have. Not because we are not the people that we were created. So God, instead, help us to be folks who are quick to forgive who have thicker skin than the rest of our society and are so eager to share your love and mercy and grace with those around us. Father, don't let us look like anybody else. Help us to give up on our 401ks or anything else that we might think makes us better than someone else. And instead, cause us to love and serve and be the people that you imagined at the dawn of time. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To find out more about what's going on here at Grace Church, you can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on our website, graceocala.org, or, of course, on our campus here in sunny Ocala, Florida. Go in peace.